0: Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the Back of the Range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the Back of the Range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is Episode 240. Well, it's Jones Cup week here at the Back of the Range. Looking forward to returning to Sea Island, Georgia, Remember, I was just up there for the Jones Cup Junior. Now it's time for the big one. Without question, this marks the start of the amateur golf season. While some of the top names are playing for their schools out in Hawaii this week, it seems like everyone else will be at Ocean Forest. Stuart Hagestad, Nicholas Dunlap, the U.S. Mid and U.S. Junior champions are in the field. Goderup, McAllister, Welch, three starters for Oklahoma, they're in the field, as well as Garrett Barber the only man to win the Jones Cup Junior and the Jones Cup Invitational. He returns, along with teammate Cohen Trollio, who was the runner-up to Dunlap last year at the U.S. Junior. The field is absolutely stacked. They'll be tested mightily at Ocean Forest. Make sure you're following Jones Cup Invitational on Instagram and Twitter, as well as the back of the range. I'll be there all week. Special thanks goes out to John Wade, Charlie and the entire team at Ocean Forest, and all the great people at Sea Island. They are huge supporters of the amateur game and everything that I'm trying to do here at the back of the range. So, as always, I'm excited to make the trip up the coast to Sea Island, Georgia. While the top male amateurs in the world are on the East Coast, this episode focuses on one of the best female amateurs in the world that happens to reside on the West Coast. And when I say one of the top female amateurs in the world, that's true She's actually the number one amateur in the world. My guest on this episode is Stanford freshman, Rose Zhang. Now, I'm going to mention a few of her accomplishments here in the intro to the episode because we didn't talk about them a whole lot during the episode, and that was by design. Rose is all about being better today than she was yesterday. So we didn't chat much about things like her being a two-time Rolex AJGA Player of the Year, or her Junior Ryder Cup and President's Cup appearances, or the fact that she's the only woman in history to win the U.S. Women's Amateur and then win the U.S. Junior. We had a lot of fun in this conversation. Another member of that victorious 2021 U.S. Curtis Cup team. Her Stanford teammate, Rachel Heck, will be joining me at the back of the range very soon. And that will conclude the Curtis Cup series of episodes, which has been a lot of fun. So again, make sure you're following the Jones Cup. You can go to the website jonescupinvitational.com, or again, Jones Cup Invitational on Instagram and Twitter. Let's get this episode started. Rose, you're at the back of the range. How are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time. I know that finally back at Stanford for a couple weeks, uh, getting acclimated to being a being a college student. Um, you're just you're just in your first year. Um, what's been the adjustment so far? Just getting back onto campus.
1: Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, going into fall quarter, I didn't really know what to expect because you know the jump from high school to college is still a little bit unknown, um, and you know coming here, such a prestigious school with such a great academic and golf program you would be a little bit intimidated at first um, and that's exactly what um, I kind of encountered. But, you know, once you get onto campus, everyone's so welcoming and I immediately made a lot of great friends. Um, And especially with COVID um, you know, everyone was in person last quarter uh, and it was just a really good experience to start out my freshman year. Um, The golf part was simply amazing as well Uh, I love all my teammates and we just all have a great time and you know coming into this quarter we you know there's a lot of COVID outbreak uh, with Omnicron and it's obviously very difficult Um, a lot of, of my friends and a lot of people on the team got COVID and it was just it's just a really tough period we're still going on virtual for Um, the next or the last three weeks so um, next Monday should be our first day in person but you know overall it's a really good adjustment um, and I'm really loving it here.
0: Good I spoke with uh, your coach Ann Walker actually she was a guest on episode 117 and it's actually almost it's almost exactly two years ago, so it's you know February of 2020 mm-hmm. when I spoke with her, and obviously that's literally right before the world completely changed due to COVID, but you know, I, I started talking to her about the unique aspect of collegiate golf, where it's, it's kind of split seasons. You have fall and spring and this break in the middle. I know that you and many of the other Curtis covers run an absolutely torrid pace all summer and you had all this incredible travel and, and tournaments, and, and you had some extra tournaments thrown in as well but Mm -hmm. she actually used she went skiing during her downtime in between fall and spring back a couple (laughs) years ago did you have any time to unplug and do something non-academic non-golf related what what did you did you do anything over the holidays that were just normal college kid stuff
1: yeah I mean um for me I personally did not go skiing. Okay, um, well that's she's probably happy <laughs> to
0: hear that. Just for safety yes. reasons keeping her her team intact uh physically oh, that's definitely. good. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um a lot of my friends did go skiing which was really fun for them, but um I simply just went home. Um took a really good break with a lot of family friends and um I got to meet my friends from high school. Um so it was just, you know, like it's it was busy meeting a lot of different people sure. um, from before. But, you know, that was a good time for me to just, you know, laid low a little bit, um, you know, s- just kind of adjust. Because, uh, like you said, the summer is definitely a grind. Um, and you're just playing from spring to summer to fall consistently. And I had to kind of adjust to that crazy schedule. Um, just playing week in, week out, and then traveling to different countries, different areas. So that definitely takes a toll on your body. And uh, I think the winter is definitely a great time for me to kind of adjust um, my body a little bit, adjust my mindset. Um, I am a really, um, I really love to work out. So I do that on my own time. And uh, it's just very simple things. Uh, I didn't really do anything differently Uh, and, you know, just went from there. I did practice a little bit, played with friends, but that's about it.
0: Nice. Well, you mentioned, you know, going back home, I know you grew up in Irvine. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing starting the game pretty young. I I think your parents kind of put a club in your hand at some point and then realized, huh, she might have something here. We might want to have someone, (laughs) someone take a look at this. Uh, From the little research and reading I've done, I'm mm-hmm. guessing there's a, a unique and fun and also instructive relationship between you and your coach, George Pinnell. Where, when did you first meet him?
1: Certainly. I was actually introduced by another player, another junior golfer at the time. Um, and, you know, I was in the middle of trying to find improvement. Um, I was with my first coach for a long time, for around two and a half years, and then Um, I found that I wanted to kind of improve my game a little more. Um, And, you know, George was very um, skilled and knowledgeable in what he's doing. He's very straightforward um, with all his um, kind of knowledge. So that really uh, helped me to kind of figure out what problems I needed to adjust. And I just went from there. I've worked with him since I was uh 13 i believe um actually 12 sorry and it was just from there seven years of constant swing changes and um just constant lessons really had us uh bonding with each other uh we're like family and you know whenever i have issues um i can go to him personally and if he has issues, he can come to me personally. So it's just a really special relationship, and I'm just really happy and thankful that I'm able to have someone like him um, by my side. So our relationship definitely is very close, um, not only as like a player as a coach, but as like friends.
0: I think any junior is super fortunate to find that great coach. Yeah, pretty much at the very beginning or close to the very beginning of their start in the game mm-hmm. as opposed to bouncing back and forth and searching for something, searching for the right fit. So yeah, very, very, uh, you know, fortunate to, to find that, that, uh, that fit you, you mentioned, you know, learning the game. I know you have a pretty, you know, as anyone would at that, at the level you're at, have a very kind of, um, specific practice regimen. I know part of it is, um, you know, and, and thanks to your Curtis cup teammate, uh, Amelia Miliacho, uh, uncovered that a hundred four footers in a row is, is kind of a staple of your practice routine. Is that, is that correct?
1: That is correct. Um, I just think that fundamentals are very important. And, um, for me, I just take care of, uh, what I need to do. And I think golf is very important, uh, in terms of consistency, Mm -hmm. um, in golf, you just have to be consistent. Uh, you have to be able to execute the shots uh, that you need to in times of pressure. But in order to do that, you need to kind of know your fundamental skills and kind of tone into those. Uh, and that's what I do um, on the putting green. I like to, you know, do a lot of block putting, um, and then you know the four footers are definitely a staple in my
0: practice (laughs) so and and we have a lot of listeners that are you know whether they're juniors or parents of juniors amateurs so I'm gonna see if I can dig in and get some tips for for the people listening so I'm guessing what you're doing here with these 104 footers in a row which that's a big number but when you're I'm guessing what you're trying to do is replicate the feeling you're getting in competition you're trying to you're trying to generate some nerves I'm guessing and then fight through it so let me ask you when you get to 92 mm-hmm. and 93 and 94 what what yes. do you notice changing internally and how do you overcome it
1: definitely I mean at first when you're doing those four footers it's definitely to, I started out with three footers but I grew accustomed to the distance so I went farther Right. Um, but you know when you initially put it Um, it's very nerve wracking because, you know, once you get to 92, 93, you're like, Oh no, if I miss a putt, I have to go back to the original zero. Uh, and you know, that's definitely something that that's like an internal pressure that you want to, you know, just make the rest of the putts that you have. Um, and you know, your hands will, uh, slowly grow accustomed to that pressure because, You know, sometimes at first, you'll have a little bit of a cold sweat, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, shaking hands. That's all very possible when you actually do put the pressure on yourself. But with this drill, it definitely helps with, you know, what you need to focus on. All you need to do is kind of tune into your putts. Uh, You should kind of in your mindset think, okay, I made 92 putts. Uh, already so the next eight putts should be the same correct yeah. so you, it's just like it's just um the way you think uh is very important and i think the drill does wonderfully in that area um and also like when i for me specifically i would kind of slow down a little bit in the last 10 putts just because right. you don't really want to make a mistake <laughs> but at the same time <laughs> if you have the confidence Um, Just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Um, So it definitely takes a while at first. But once you adjust, it can, it can just, you can finish that drill in around 10 to 15 minutes, in my opinion.
0: Okay, um, let me ask you a question, Rose. You're you're a very composed young woman, but if I met Rose Zhang for the very first time after she missed the 98th putt, would I get a different reaction?
1: I'll be like, oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And then I'll just have to start all over again, Uh and you're definitely not going to be happy. (laughs) It's just not... Let's just hope that never happened. Okay, okay. It's definitely, it's definitely happened before. Oh, I can imagine.
0: Um, That's not a good day. But if you
1: do it on the daily, you're just like, okay, wow, this is how life's going to be all right. I have
0: to restart. <laughs> okay. If I, if I see you practicing at a tournament, I'm going to wait and see if you miss like your 12th putt, and then I'll say hi. But, <laughs> but once we get to 70, 80, 90, I'm just not even going to be around. I'm not even going to look and see that. So yes. Yes. Oh my gosh.
1: You can cheat a little bit if you're it, in a time crunch, I guess.
0: Well, I can, I can, all, yeah, I know exactly like, well, oh, it's getting dark and now uh, they're closing the, they're closing the you know, dinner <laughs> served. So we're just going to go with 89, but, um, Wow, yeah, I can imagine that ninety six ninety seven can get a little bit uh a little get a little spicy. Um,
1: it, it will. It will for sure.
0: <laughs> so another aspect that I mean, this is not just with, with you, this is with any uh, you know, any athlete that's competing at the college level. You have to have to have your time management in order. I and mean, this is could be for the third string quarterback on the football team or the swimmer mm-hmm. or the it doesn't matter. And then sure. throw in a college that actually challenged the, even the sharpest minds in the world, like Stanford. I mean, you, you have to be ready before you get there the first day. This is what you learn in high school and middle school. Um, you went to Pacific Academy, and I yes. know that that school really prepped you for um, for where you are now. So uh, what were some of the things that you learned there uh, as far as time management and, and not getting too invested in your golf and and then not, you know, balancing it out with academics and friends Mm -hmm. and being a normal kid. What did you learn at at, at PA to kind of help you get that, you know, build yourself up for success at Stanford?
1: Exactly. I totally agree that my school helped uh, build um, me to be able to like withhold all these, um, these three, categories in my life. Uh, I have golf, I have the social aspect, and I have uh, the school aspect, but um, I think that PA really helped me uh, in terms of getting my work done. They had a lot of workload for each class uh, since we didn't really have a block schedule as a school. We had six periods every single day. Every single class basically had homework. And then um, you had to turn it in the next day. So especially when you're missing school, um, each day adds up and it's quite difficult to, um, you know, just make it up and you just have to keep going with the pace. So with their quick pace, um, I was able to just try to do as much work, cram as much work I could as possible after practice Um, after tournaments. And I think the high intensity of that work really helped me, uh, come to Stanford and be disciplined in what I need to do. Um, especially, you know, in high school, you can hang out with friends. Um, but I didn't really have the leisure to do that. And, um, you know, that's the same for college. You're always gone to events. Um, and you always have to make up the work. But at the same time, I think college is a little different where you're living with your friends. You're living with the people wow. um, that's your age. Um, so you get to see each other every, like basically every single day apart from events, which is really nice. And that's something I didn't have um, in high school. But I think that PA uh, really just prepped me for uh, being able to withstand um, all the work that would come at me in college, and that's just what helped me kind of stay disciplined in what I need to accomplish and finish. And then, you know, in college, it kind of translated over.
0: It's a really great way you hit upon too, just finding that balance because I, I mean, I run into so many amateurs, you know, whether it's at a junior tournament or even at the college level, where they're so heavily invested in their golf and. And, mm-hmm. and almost like their their identity is related to the score they shoot that day. So if they shoot sixty-eight, yes. they're they're a great person. If they shoot seventy-five, they're a failure in life, and that that couldn't be further from the truth.
1: Yes, that's it's very difficult, and there's a very fine line. Like as an athlete, you want to play well in your sport, but you also have to be a student, and you're comparing to people like your age, your own peers. So it's it's definitely very difficult, and a lot of people do struggle with that um for me there's always times where it's quite difficult but you know as long as I think that everything um comes with like a price I guess uh where you just have to try to maintain everything as well as possible I mean you can't get the best of both worlds but if you're able to stay consistent in each area you'll be just as good to go so I mean for me it wasn't that bad um but I definitely do have a lot of friends that really struggled um in that area because you know socially you just can't really go out a lot um and you always have to spend time trying to do a lot of work and practice
0: so I've spoken I've had uh Brandon Wu on the podcast and Isaiah Salinda they were part of that national championship team in 2019 and you know, they were on their way out. They were, you know, I believe it was their senior year and and they were telling me about some of the things with the classes and with the majors. I'm still not entirely sure what their majors were. Cause I mean, they told me <laughs> what they were. I just couldn't understand what, I mean, just technology and yeah, it's very, very demanding. And you know, you mentioned, you know, the, how much you're enjoying the team. This is obviously not the first team you've been on and we haven't even gotten to Curtis cup yet, but you know, mm-hmm. junior rider cup, junior president's cup. And, we have finally in fact I just just before we started I texted Stuart Hagestad and I said I finally got the whole 2019 U.S Pan Am team on the podcast. Mm-hmm. you were the last one we've had Brandon and Stu and Amelia and now yourself mm-hmm. and this obviously has to feel like eons ago because this was 2019 before as I said the world yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's crazy that it was just barely two years ago. Um, i totally agree right, okay okay so i'm looking at him like that's not that long ago but um th- this had to have been a lot of fun this was a little bit different than going with a bunch of uh people your own age with junior rider cup and junior president's cup i mean it's just the four of you going and i all i really remember about that mm-hmm. time was Stu and brandon having to go back on like a red-eye flight to Pinehurst for the usam on no sleep yes. okay so how was your pan am experience with with the guys and with Amelia?
1: yeah it was absolutely amazing i really loved every second of it um i didn't know Stu or brandon that well but i obviously knew amelia from junior golf and the junior solheim cup uh just many events together but um i thought you know once we got there it was so fun um everyone played together in the practice rounds we all stayed at the village and it was just a really good bonding time um Obviously, with you know, oh, especially with it being the Pan Am games, we're in a different country yeah. and there's a lot of different sports playing, so that was really fun to just um, go out and see other uh, team members uh, in their own respective sports win gold medals and walk through the dining halls with their gold medals on. So it's just, it was really cool, um, and you know, just playing alongside them. Uh, really inspired me to just keep working hard um, I was still a junior then yes. and I just thought it was it was so cool seeing their games um, and you know it definitely kind of lit a spark in um, myself to just keep driving forward and you know in the future if I'm able to be as mature as them and as disciplined you know that'll be that'd be
0: great. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it seems like Hagistad gets mentioned on this podcast quite a bit. He listens to it all the time. And, and for you to just give him that kind of a compliment, boy, I'm I'm just going to, I'm I'm never going to hear the end of this one. So that's, <laughs> that's per- I,
1: I got a lot of advice from him <laughs> personally.
0: Oh, you did? He's, he, yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah. Now, did mm-hmm. you take a crack at the long putter? Or are you just going to let him have that? You just stay, stay, just let him let him rock with that by himself yeah
1: i'll, I'll let him shine with that putter <laughs> <laughs> i i don't think i don't think i can take that away <laughs> okay yeah that's, that's all
0: him all him yeah um, what now one of the um things i also want to ask about i mean you know we haven't mentioned it but i mean reigning u.s junior uh champion in 21 and winning the usam in 2020 actually the first woman to do that in reverse order so to speak. Um, and I know that, and and obviously you know you've you've been ranked number one in the world for for a couple of years, and I, I'm guessing that those things aren't your focus. Maybe setting specific goals aren't your focus. Maybe you're more focused on the process. But still, how do you kind of go about your your day to day? Do you set any sort of goals or expectations, or do you try and achieve different strengths? You know how you know most people are probably looking to get to your level and achieve what you have mm-hmm. achieved. But now that you've kind of knocked a couple of things off your list, you know, mm-hmm. you can't set the goal of, well, I just don't want to regress. I mean, that's not a very positive way of looking at things. So you, yeah. know, you don't want to set that. So is there a way you just mentally prepare yourself for, you know, this week or this month? How, how do you kind of look at moving forward?
1: Yeah, mentally, I feel like personally, I have very high expectations for myself Um, you know, day in and day out, I just want to give my best effort in everything that I do. Um, so with that in mind, you know, even after, you know, playing so well, um, and, you know, earning good results, I didn't really, I don't really think much about it after it happened. Um, (laughs) I just, I just go along with my life. I still have friends. I still have a lot of work to do. I still have school, I have to practice. It's just all the same thing. So I don't really, you know, personally think too much of trying to improve on something. I think it's more of just continue working hard and work efficiently. So for me, like if I work efficiently, I'm able to figure out more ways for myself to improve. Whether it's my golf game, whether it's my academics, um, or maybe even my character. Um, Since, you know, obviously, I feel like being in college, you're meeting all these amazing people. um, And at the same time, you kind of have to figure out what you want to do on a daily basis on your own. So, you know, just having a couple of mistakes or things that you want to change will ultimately lead me to improve and um, improve on my life in general so I think for me I don't really have the mindset of trying to find an improvement area right. but it's more of when I do what I need to do and I find errors I immediately try to change um, to you know kind of make that area better
0: And it's really well said. And the reason I wanted to kind of hit on that is because most people think that, okay, once you reach this goal of I won this tournament or I reached this ranking, then you rest on that. And you're kind of – that just kind of gets in the way of your work. And then once you accomplish it, it just fades to the background you just continue with your process.
1: Yes, I totally agree because, you know, as a junior golfer – um, a lot of junior golfers and my friends our goals are is to get into a good college get into a college that we want to right. uh, get into and we have no plan after that Oh <laughs> what do you do once you get into right. college you have to you have to make a new set of goals um, and you still have to keep living your life once you get into college it's gonna be a struggle the same way so you just you just have to try to improve each, day um what it doesn't have to be like specifically a goal uh and that's what i don't really do i don't really find like a specific goal that i have to accomplish uh, but i do you know just find something that i can work on and work with um, and that way i can kind of progress later on uh, and just become better in general
0: yeah one of the things, so I was at Westchester at the U.S. Women's Am, and I think that was, I think that was like the week you came back from France. Is that right? Like, are you just, yes. okay, yeah. So, yes. um, and, and one of the things I noticed, and, you know, separate from the quality of your play was your composure and your focus. And, you know, like I said, anytime we can get some tips from a guest that can be passed on to listeners, I want to take advantage of that. Now, the casual 15, 10 handicapper may not wedge it the way you do and putt it the way you do (laughs) because they just may not have the time to spend on the game. They may not be as naturally gifted. So that being Mm -hmm. aside, but everyone is, finds themselves, you know, uh, either walking to a class or they're in an Uber, they have time to actually unplug or focus on their mental approach. Mm -hmm. Um, You can always work on your mental approach. How do you work on that and mentally prepare yourself for every shot that you're going to hit. Because I, I didn't see, obviously, I didn't walk that with you in, during the entire stroke play mm-hmm. portion or in your match. But it just seemed that the you, every shot that I saw you hit, you were 100% ready to hit that shot. I did not see there's any change in the pace between one shot to another. Yeah, I could mm-hmm. just see you're examining, okay, where, where, what am I going to do with this? Everything seemed to have purpose to it how do you yes. kind of focus on that?
1: I'm very big on trying to stay consistent, um, uh, with everything that I do. So I try to put in effort in everything that I do, um, regardless of whether it's golf or academics. Okay, And I think that mindset allows me to go on the golf course and do the same thing because, you know, if I already know how to, kind of get into the zone and know what I need to do and know my purpose, I'm able to translate that onto the golf course and have the same mindset of, okay, I have this shot and I'm going to try to execute it as best as I can in the best way possible. So that's that's kind of what I do. Um, and, you know, on the golf course, you know, it's very important to, Be 100% committed. A lot of people, they say, oh, I just need to commit to the golf shot. But it's easier said than done. Sometimes you just have to go out there and you really don't feel good about the shot. But at the same time, you just have to have that mindset and actually do uh, what your mindset says. So a lot of people have the mindset, but in the end, their bodies don't cooperate with that. And then they just don't feel that comfortable over each shot and that round, um, just becomes a very uncomfortable one. So I think, you know, just being able to put that mindset into action is very important. Uh, and that's kind of what I tried to do, especially in practice. Um, I try to make every single swing, every single shot that I hit, uh, with purpose because, you know, you just have to make that a habit. And then sure. you can easily bring it onto the golf course if you make it a habit.
0: As I said earlier in the episode, you're, we're we're getting towards. I, I have just about all the members of this this winning 2021 Curtis Cup team that have been guests mm-hmm. on the podcast, and um, I think uh, Rachel Heck is going to be up next here at the back of the range. And <laughs> I, I've spoken to all the ladies, and and they, you know, obviously we talked about the the kind of the comfort behind after a slow start in the first day talked a lot about the camaraderie and then also we we've uncovered the fact that the uh the the comedy relief and the the hype woman so to speak of that team was megagani i think that's an undeniable truth um Mm -hmm. so i'm this is a kind of a tough task for you i've heard some stories heard some fun stuff i've heard all about doug the the dragon mascot that (laughs) that is currently i have found out uh, doug is in the possession of gina kim right now she has told me that he's safe he's made it back to the states so uh, I, I have that bit of news. Any, can you share a unique story, uh, mm-hmm. from the Curtis cup and it could be golf related. It could be non-golf related, anything unique about that experience that I may not know about.
1: Yeah. Um, wow. There's so many memories. That's a very good question. There's obviously a lot of, um, a lot of team, rooms, you know, when lot you're, of team
0: room stuff that stays in the team room. We we got to respect the team room. So I'll, yes, uh, of, yes, co- yes. of course,
1: um, I mean, in the team room, there's always some funny behind the scenes.
0: You just never know what's going to happen, especially with
1: Mega. Um, It's (laughs) oh, I I do have one. Oh, I hear. I do have one. That was
0: excitement in your voice. I'm excited. Yes,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do have one, and Mega is basically TikTok famous. Yes, she has a couple couple k on. her TikTok, and that's the only social media platform that she has. And you know, her being a great TikToker, uh, she made the idea. Oh, we need to make a TikTok for the week, and we decided to do that with the cool outfits that we got uh, from Polo, yes, Ralph Lauren. Yes. And it was it was just so fun because every single day after we make our fits, and uh, it's like a pre round uh, kind of, I guess, hype session. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would we would just you know all gather together and uh, make this small TikTok with everyone clapping their hands to the music. So it was actually really cool. It was a cool bonding moment, and that video was actually super cool because you know it's for a lifetime. Um, sure. Everyone gets to gets to have a little bit of fun in there, and uh, it just shows that everyone has such good chemistry and um you know with mega that everything's really funny like nothing there's never a dull moment without um you know something happening
0: Well, and, and <laughs> so I'm, and i'm also guessing that in that environment all the the rankings and who won what and who lost to who all the all that stuff just you kind of leave that in the states before you get on the plane of course you guys got on yes. the plane in two separate planes which i found out um but you know not, not the whole team didn't travel together i found that one out but um mm-hmm. but it seems like that's a kind of a break from the i mean it's obviously competitive but you're, you're bonding together and all the other you know crap so to speak is just left left yes. at the states
1: yes i mean the curtis cup is is always such a special week um i mean this is where all the top ranked amateurs um in the u.s come together and represent the country so i think that you know even if there is any bad blood um i mean that would go away in that week but you know personally i have not seen any bad blood in anyone and um there's I mean, everyone's just so great. And even if we are competing against each other in different events, it's always really nice to see everyone. And we just have the most respect and love for each other. So I think everything's, it just happened to be that we all became really close if we didn't know each other. And the people who we were close to were on the team.
0: (laughs) Now, I know, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a golfer, too. And when you get a, you know, a free golf shirt or a free pullover, it's, it's real nice. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken to Walker Cuppers about the, the, the clothes that they get, you know, from, from Ralph Lauren. So mm-hmm. I know you're no stranger to getting the, the odd shirt, hat, whatever. But when you <laughs> saw how much gear you got as a Curtis Cupper, even you had to be like, are you kidding me?
1: Yes. It was insane because <laughs> we, it was only a couple days and uh-huh. my dad and I were look, or my parents were kind of unop- opening the packages for me. And I was like, well, oh no, I think they asked, they asked, are you going to be wearing this every single day? Like, are you able to wear each piece? Yeah. Um, uh, because there's just so many clothes there, uh-huh. I mean, you just don't know if you're actually gonna be wearing them or not. <laughs> but we, <laughs> which is crazy, and that's that's just it's like a small, it's like a big Christmas present, uh-huh. um, you know, given by the Curtis Cup people. So it was it was such a, it's such a great moment. Like once you see the gear, you're like, wow, I'm actually on this team. And I'm actually very excited to put on these clothes and represent.
0: So basically when you're traveling, the USJ is almost like, just bring a toothbrush. You don't need to bring anything else.
1: Yes. Like, (laughs) especially with, especially with Laura, um, as our assistant, Uh um, and with Sarah, there's no doubt that they're going to take care of us regardless. So it's, it's just so amazing. And we don't really, need to worry about anything they just have everything so organized and taken care of um and that just takes a lot of pressure off um us
0: well i have some news for you which i'm sure you're well aware of you're 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 playing on the next one um at at, at marion so you're going to get even more uh might need to get like a storage locker or something to keep all the clothes in you'll you'll figure it out you'll be fine
1: yes i definitely need to (laughs) there's a lot of clothes in my closet
0: that's a good problem to have. Well, I know that, uh, you know, uh, I, I appreciate the time you've given me and I know you got to get back to, to your studies, but let me see mm-hmm. if I can have uh, one more question from you just to get out of here. So Coach Walker, when I had mm-hmm. her on the podcast, she, st- she shared a story about former Stanford star Shannon O'Bear. Apparently the story goes is that they played a tournament in Colorado. They get all the way to Colorado, and then Shannon tells coach, um, "I think I left half of my golf clubs on the range at Stanford." And I said, "Oh, yeah." And I and I <sighs> and I was like, "Well, how how did that happen, coach?" And she's like, "Well, she's a freshman. I know she's a great player, and she's but you know <laughs> t- these things happen to freshmen, no matter how accomplished they are coming in, no matter what you know." No matter how many Rolex All Americans they have to their name, they're they're still freshmen. So that all yes. being said and laid out, has mm-hmm. the great Rose Zhang <laughs> had a freshman moment yet at Stanford?
1: Wow! Have,
0: have you gotten lost on campus? Have you left something behind? You
1: no, know what I i really don't think so oh <laughs> i know as boring as it may be i i have to think on that one maybe you can ask coach walker about it oh that's but, a good idea yeah maybe you can ask coach walker to see what she has um but i don't know about having a specific freshman moment i I haven't gotten lost on campus which is very surprising <laughs> okay. but very awesome okay yes. and i'm very thankful for that yes. um there's i mean the golf area i haven't really been late to anything um so i think everything's, everything's going, going along on. pretty smoothly <laughs> like Hopefully that stays that way the rest of my freshman year, but maybe there might be something happening I don't know I'm not trying to put <laughs> Knock the, on I'm,
0: wood. Not, I'm not trying to put the hex on you, rose I don't want you to think yeah Yes, that, like,
1: but well we'll just let it slide
0: I'm gonna get a call like we've lost rose we she's on campus oh, yeah. somewhere we can't find her so. <laughs>
1: You can you can find Coach Walker for that. I'm sure there's probably something. I,
0: I I might be bumping into to you ladies down the road in the spring, somewhere in the desert of Arizona, and maybe I can get that question answered later on in the spring.
1: Maybe
0: Rose, I appreciate it. I know uh, I know things are getting ramped up for you at Stanford. Um, you know, full schedule of tournaments, and luckily you guys are kind of staying in California and uh, for the, pretty much the entire spring, so. Um, Good luck with your studies, good luck with your golf, and uh, this was fun. I appreciate you stopping by the Back of the Range.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Special thanks to Rose for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. And follow Jones Cup all week until the champion is crowned on Sunday. We'll see you again next time here at the Back of the Range.